Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up? Welcome to Thursday, April the 1st edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining me today for our Thursday edition is Jordan Foote. Jordan, how you doing, my man? Good. Glad to be back as part of this three-day run. I'm kind of uh, settling into that groove, and I think the Chiefs are starting to settle into their groove in the offseason as well. It seems like it. We are going to talk about the Austin Blythe signing. We touched on it a little bit yesterday before the mock draft, but Jordan and I are really going to dive into it because we kind of felt like we didn't do it completely justice, and yesterday's episode was really long. It was like almost an hour long. So we want to dive into it more while like giving it the attention that it deserves. And the Chiefs could make a signing very much so. It We're in a weird part of the offseason where the Chiefs could still make a signing, but like it's not as likely. But like it could come at any time because it's like, we're not anticipating anything to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if anything happened. Yeah, it, it's kind of a weird part of the offseason, like where guys like Austin Blythe that you don't even know anything about, the Chiefs could sign, and then A, you're doing homework, B, you're reporting on the news, then you're reacting to it, then you're seeing how it fits in the offseason, then you think about the draft, then you think about more free agents, then you think about this, that, and the other. Next year's free agency period, like yeah. there are so many things to consider, and you never know when it's going to happen. Like, no one could have predicted yesterday, oh, the Chiefs are going to sign the center at this time, whatever. So um, it's kind of the element of the unknown that makes it fun, but a little bit um, makes me anxious for what the Chiefs are going to do next. I think that we all kind of expected, uh, I said we all as a kind of a broad term, Austin Ryder to come back, right? I think that's kind of what the tone was of Chiefs Kingdom was, okay, Austin Ryder will come back. That'll be the center to play next year. Did it surprise you the Chiefs wouldn't sign another center? I know it kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it did. And it makes me think that Ryder maybe wanted a long-term deal. That's the only thing I could think about. Um, And you brought up, before we hopped on the podcast, maybe the Chiefs are still going to bring Austin Ryder back. Like, it doesn't completely, the thing I like about the Blythe signing, it doesn't rule anything out. It doesn't rule out a round one center. It doesn't rule out trading back, picking up another pick, getting a round two center. It doesn't rule out round three, four, five. It doesn't rule out taking a late round center on day three of the draft. It doesn't rule out bringing back Austin Ryder or adding more depth to the interior of the offensive line. And you also brought up how Blythe has that uh, guard versatility. Maybe he's just going to be a depth piece. And I'll let you uh, make your player comparison like the vibes you got from that. Um, But that was a really good point. Yeah, I get real big Dan Kilgore vibes from this, right? A guy that can play guard and center. I mean, I think he played 31 straight games at right guard before he went to center last season and played all 16 games at guard. And the contract money, too, when you look at it, 990000 guaranteed, 760000 in playtime slash team performance incentives. That's not starting center money. Uh, so when I look at that, I think, wait a second. There's something else going on here. 
Um, that might be a little tinfoil thinking. I know we kind of talked about that on yesterday's podcast, too. That might be conspiracy theory that, okay, maybe Austin Ryder is going to come back, and they're just signing, you know, Blythe here for some extra reinforcements on the offensive line. Yeah, you saw the game of attrition really hit the Chiefs' offensive line really hard. So are they preparing for that? Are they gearing up by getting Blythe, who could be a very solid center? And, right, like you said, doesn't shut any doors in terms of free agency, doesn't shut any doors in terms of the draft. I think that this signing is a really good one. Now, he's not better than Austin Ryder. Mm -hmm. He's not. People are going to try to tell you that because, for some reason, people hate Austin Ryder. That's not true. Like, he's not. His PFF grade is, like, 0.6 points better than Austin Ryder. Austin Ryder is a much better pass blocker than Blythe is, which, let's be honest, guys, that's the only thing that matters. Um, the pass blocking is is important in this Chiefs offense because you have Patrick Mahomes, who likes to pass the ball. So if you you got to protect Patrick Mahomes, and, and as you mentioned, I think he allowed four sacks last season. Austin Ryder didn't allow any sacks, um, only allowed 11 pressures from Austin Ryder, I believe, and 31, I think, came from Austin Blythe. So... There is a discrepancy there, and I know that pressures are kind of a subjective stat. Sacks aren't. Um, sacks aren't a subjective stat. Those actually happen. So it's really it, – it, I do like the signing. I think that's what I'm getting at is I like the signing for what the contract is and what Blythe could be, right? I don't think that – yes, he could start, and that wouldn't hurt me. The Chiefs could go out and draft the center, as you mentioned, Jordan, and I'd be okay. I would say, okay, that's fine. That's fine. The Chiefs could also bring back Austin Ryder, and he could be a depth piece with this contract, and I would be 100% fine with it. There's just so many ways the Chiefs can go now, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it lines up as two things. One, it lines up as a lateral move. I think that watching clips and reading articles from people who have been reviewing Blight's film, I think the huge drop-off in pass blocking is overstated. Now, is he as good of a pass blocker as Austin Ryder? I don't think so, but that drop-off might not be quite that bad. Now, is he an improvement in run blocking? I think is significant one, yes, which that's huge considering the Chiefs at the goal line were basically forced to throw the ball because they couldn't run it in. They couldn't get short yardage stuff, um, third and short, stuff like that. So that's nice. It also, I think, lines up for potentially, I think it was Connor Christofferson who tweeted this out, man, Landon Dickerson, if the Chiefs got him at 31 or even traded back into the second round for him, he's probably not going to be 100% by the time the season starts. Even if he is, the Chiefs wouldn't have to rush him. They could sit him for most of, if not all, of the 2021-2022 season behind Blythe. They could let him take over at the center position. Then... That pops up with free agency. The Chiefs wouldn't need a center next offseason. They wouldn't need to draft one next offseason. They would have some guys who could be depth. They could make another Austin Blights type signing a year from now for 900000 bucks or whatever it is, and he could be their backup center. So I think that it can't hurt, and that's kind of the Jaron Reed thing as well. It just can't hurt. The Ch None of these signings, Dan Sorensen, it can't hurt. The Chiefs are exercising. I think I made this analogy on Twitter like a, a couple weeks ago. The Chiefs kind of shanked their uh, tee shot into the woods, and they're kind yeah. of exercising some damage control now and trying to save par. And I think they're doing a good job at it. There's still a lot of work to do for the rest of the offseason and into the draft, but the Chiefs are putting themselves in a much better position than they were a few weeks ago. 
the Chiefs for sure had a shot lined up at the pin, right? And then they said, all right, they, sh- you know, they hit it in the water. You know, a dog leg left with the <laughs> yeah. little pond in between. Hit it into the water, and they said, okay, now we just got to lay up. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what's happening right now. The Chiefs are laying up. You do want to see them upgrade in free agency, right? The, the whole mindset in free agency is you improve in free agency, build depth in the draft. It's not really how it's shaping up right now. I do think that they improved a guard. Joe Tooney is a good guard signing. I think that that was a good signing for the Chiefs. But as we mentioned when they signed Joe Tooney, that can't be the only thing they do. Mm-hmm. And bringing in Kyle Long, I think, is going to be exciting. Now, I don't think I don't think he starts right away. I really don't think so. His injury troubles are going to be a little, a little worrisome for me. It's good to have that depth there, though, with LDT, who didn't play at all last year. I mean, you're going to have two guys that didn't play at all last year uh, coming in and trying to be right guard, trying to play for that right guard. And you mentioned uh, medicals, Lana Dickerson. This made me think about the Tom Pelissaro tweet I saw earlier today on, um, what day is today? Wednesday. Roughly 150 NFL draft prospects will be in Indianapolis next week for in-person medical evaluations per sources. A shorter list than normally examined at the Combine, but it's expected to include all projected round 1-3 to three picks, plus others flagged during virtual visits. So, the NFL will have in-person visits, medical visits this year, which is a, it's a step in the right direction to kind of get getting back to the normal off-season workouts and stuff like that. Um, I saw a tweet, this just made me think about that, uh, said, I wish that the NFL could come to conclusions on an off-season program as quick as they did adding a 17th game. Um, <laughs> because that happened very fast, and they still don't have off-season workouts figured out, um, which is kind of a, a predicament to be in, because I think April 16th or 19th, something like that, is when they're supposed to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And I, I do think that's good to see that, okay, Landon Dickerson probably falls in the rounds one to three. We could say that comfortably. He's probably a round two pick at this point. It'll be good for the Chiefs to go in there and see what's going on with that ACL. Well, if he's actually going to be okay, you know, with he has two torn ACLs and I think he had a couple ankle injuries too, in his in his years at Alabama. And I believe he was at um I don't remember where he was before Alabama, but he was at another Southern school, I believe. I'll have to look that up. But uh, he he's a good prospect. I mean, Creed Humphreys is a good prospect too. Humphrey, not Humphreys. There's not multiple of them. There's just one. I like him. I wouldn't hate if the Chiefs went that, that way in the first round, but, I mean, man, it's certainly looking like left tackle is the way to go, and Liam Eikenberg just had his pro day on Wednesday, putting up some pretty solid numbers. Yeah, um, it's it's tough, man, and when you have a guy like Eikenberg who can, A, fill that year one hole, which a lot of guys can't, um, the goal for your first-round pick is to either get a future stud, a current starter, or both. I mean, teams don't draft for depth, really, in the first round. Um, which I think is why the Chiefs um, fan base was a little irritated at the Clyde pick a season ago because they didn't know if it was going to be depth or not. They didn't know what his future role was going to be. Um, They knew he was hopefully going to turn in to be a stud um, running back, but left tackle seems to be the pick, like you said, and it doesn't hurt that this class is so deep in terms of tackle depth, um, especially in the first round. Like There are a ton of guys who have round one or round two grades from analysts just nationwide so I think it helps man but Landon Dickerson it would be nice I'm kind of worried that the medical test would go well for him which obviously is great for him but for the Chiefs who may be hoping he slides to 63 I'm starting to think that might not be the case like the dude's doing cartwheels at in the background at Mac Jones Pro Day like he's doing those uh 
squats, one leg squats with the Heisman or not the Heisman, whatever trophy he had um, for the nation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The Campbell trophy. So I think he's going to ultimately be fine. But like you said, the injury history is very extensive. Um, They're not like pulled hamstrings or broken fingers or anything. They're, they're pretty serious injuries. So that's something to take Mm -hmm. into account. I do think it's interesting. He was actually at Florida state before Ah. he went to Alabama. Um, so was right on the Southern school part of it. My memory served me correctly, but there's a ton of these guys that I think could really benefit from medical examinations. Uh, you know, Bryce Hall was one of those guys last year who mm-hmm. fell all the way to the sixth round. Now he's not Landon Dickerson type talent, right? So, I mean, if he's Landon Dickerson type talent, he's not fallen all the way to the sixth round to the, to the New York jets. But man, you think that he probably would have benefited from medicals, uh, a medical medical examination, but that's just the way the cookie crumbled uh, last year. And I think that when we look at Liam Meikenberg, because we took him yesterday, first pick, just because his day one readiness is, is there and it's tangible, you can see it. People like to say that he's not a wow prospect, but I mean, he keeps the quarterback clean. I've seen yeah. some pro comparisons to Mitchell Schwartz, which... Hell, I'd be fine with again. Um, I mean, you get Mitchell Schwartz in his prime again and Liam Eikenberg, fine. Like, that's totally cool with me. I think that's that's good. That's great if you can find that, especially in a day one guy. So, I know we talk a lot about Liam Eikenberg on this podcast. I think he had a 79 and 5 eighths inch wingspan. Haven't seen official arm length yet by the time we're recording this podcast. Which you divide that in half, it's like 39. Take out a little bit for the torso. We can estimate it's going to be very close to 33 um, inch arms. So we'll see what happens with with Liam Eikenberg. I think he'll probably be there. I did 33 reps in the bench press. Um, really good for a guy who's what 306 or something like that. Is that he weighed in at? But yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's turning everything. He's checking every box in terms of what the Chiefs want at left tackle. I think. Yeah, man, and there's so much good tackle depth. There's like Leatherwood. There's Cosme. There's um, Jalen Mayfield, which I'm kind of lukewarm on him. Um, there's lots of good. There's Brady Christensen, maybe who boosted his stock, I think, with a fantastic pro day workout all across the board. So if the Chiefs are looking for a long-term starter, I think they're going to find one in this draft as long as they do it within the first couple rounds. They're looking for a day one starter who can also fill that long-term role I personally think Liam Eikenberg is that guy, and that is a wow factor to step in and be able to start at left tackle and hold it down. Like He's just good, and people need to get over the fact that he doesn't have a ton of room to grow. It's because he is a good player, and he's going to be a good player for a long time in the NFL, and I think the Chiefs need that stability, and I think he can offer them that at 31. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And like we've been mentioning with this whole Blythe signing, too. The Chiefs do need to address left tackle eventually, right? We haven't heard anything from Villanueva or Kung in terms of where they intend to sign, what their camps are indicating that they're going to do, which is honestly strange. I wonder what you think about that, Jordan. Is it weird that we haven't heard anything from those guys, or did you kind of expect it? Because they are kind of more fourth, fifth, sixth wave type players. Yeah, I think that really in every sport, um, especially football and baseball the past few years, um, People have went into free agency with these huge expectations that it's going to be an absolute madhouse and this is going to happen, this is going to happen. All these players are going to fly off the board. Really, that's just the Tier 1 guys. Even guys like Juju, who were, I guess, Tier 2 free agents, took a minute to kind of figure out where they were going to go. Jaron Reed took a while to figure out where he was going to go um, after the Seattle thing didn't work. Like These guys are going to take their time. They're going to make sure they have the best fits possible for them. Now, granted, it's weird that we haven't heard a ton about just in general, like where they're meeting, who they're talking to. Um, there was a report that I think three or four teams were checking in on um, Villanueva, and I, I would assume the Chiefs were hopefully one of them. But it's just it's a little odd that we haven't heard a ton out of those guys' camps because they're serviceable NFL left tackles, and those don't necessarily grow on trees, um, especially despite a draft that has a lot of ones that will turn out to be that way in the future. So it's odd, but also um, I think that, like you said, they're not Tier 1 guys. They're not two t- Tier 2 guys, sorry. Um, so it's kind of expected that they'd take a little bit to make up their mind. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it's just... The Chiefs aren't upgrading at tackle if they sign Okung or if mm-hmm. they sign Villanueva. But you guys have to realize that. They're like, that's not going to happen. I know a lot of people have said, well, if the Chiefs just re-sign Eric Fisher or if they re-sign Mitchell Schwartz, like, I don't think that that's yeah. going to happen. Or like, move Joe Tooney um, out to tackle. Though that Those three are the three. Na- like, guys, mm-hmm. Kyle Long is not moving out to tackle. Joe Tooney is not moving out to tackle. Eric Fisher's not coming back. Mitchell Schwartz is not coming back. Like, if any of those happen then great, but you can't count on stuff like that because that's what got the Chiefs in that mess was A, a slew of injuries, and then counting on guys to play out of position, and it just wasn't going to happen. So um, you need a more solidified, concrete, reliable plan (laughs) than Eric Fisher coming back, Mitchell Schwartz coming back off of a major back operation, Eric Fisher coming off that torn Achilles, not only... Like and then on one year deals, like are they going to stay long term? They're both over thirty. Like it, there's too much to consider there. There really is, and I know some people like to bring up. I, I talked about this during the live stream on Saturday. Somebody said, uh, "What about uh, Cleacho Simley? I haven't heard a whole lot about him. Were they going to bring him back? Is he rehabbing okay?" A lot of the same arguments we use for the Chiefs cutting Eric Fisher, like the same defenses. Like, yeah. okay, well they're over thirty, they have injuries. They fit Kalichi Osimile to like a T. He's over 30. He had two major knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... I, yeah, he could be used for depth. I get it, okay. But I think Blythe would more than likely be used for depth than Kalichi Osimile at this point. And obviously, when I was talking about that point, Blythe hadn't signed yet. So, 
now I'm looking at this in hindsight, you think, okay, well, the Chiefs do have a lot of interesting moves along the offensive line still left to do. But if I had to guess, Jordan, let's do a little bit of speculating because that's our job. Um, let's talk about who we think is going to start on, on this offensive line. Just kind of wrap up the podcast here. So at left tackle, let's just assume they draft Liam Meikenberg. I think that's a safe pick. I don't think he's really going to move up past 31. It wouldn't shock me if he does. But the way he's rated now, I think he was an early second-round prospect with his pro day. I think he's going to be in that late first-round range now. The Chiefs might have a bidding war, just to say, air quotes, bidding war rep for him. But I think the Chiefs can comfortably get him at 31. And so let's say he gets there. So Liam Eikenberg at left tackle. I think, you know, Joe Tooney at left guard. At center, I think Blythe's going to end up starting there. I don't know if Ryder comes back, but if Ryder comes back, Ryder would start there, obviously. But I'll say Blythe there. And then I'll say uh, LDT starting out at right guard, and then Lucas Niang at right tackle. You have any any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think I want to say free agent left tackle, whether it yeah. be like because a that's playing the odds that the Chiefs sign one of Villanueva or Okung, which I think they should, and then b playing the odds that they don't end up with Eichenberg, they end up with like a Mayfield or a Cosme or something. Where if that's the case. I don't really want Cosby necessarily starting week one. I'd be okay with it if that had to happen, but I'd prefer he kind of sit for a little bit. Um, but his ceiling is so high that if you have to kind of baptize him out there and just throw him out there, then it, so be it. Um, but I guess I'll lean Eichenberg since in this scenario we're assuming he's that yeah, safe yeah. pick, which he is. So Eichenberg, Tooney, um, Blythe. I'm going to go Kyle Long beating out LDT in training okay. camp. I'm going to go with it. Um, I think that he's just going to come back and he's in shape. He's motivated. He's a better player than LDT at their respective um, peaks, I guess. Granted, LDT in 2018 was pretty good. Then he got injured, came back, wasn't so hot. So I'm leaning Kyle Long just a little bit, um, but that's going to be a tough one to project. And then you got to go Niang. Like, Mike Remmers is a fine, serviceable swing tackle. He is probably a slightly below average right tackle who played decent football there last season um, before going to the Super Bowl. And, guys, I know we say this pretty much every time. Don't hate on Mike Remmers because he got abused in the Super Bowl. He was playing left tackle against a premier set of edge rushers that the Buccaneers threw at him. He's not a left tackle. He is a swing tackle slash starting right tackle. So let's just get that out of the way. Granted... His contract isn't necessarily a starting one. Like, it's more than I thought he was going to get. Um, But I think Niang, again, the ceiling is higher with him. You want to see what he's made of. Um, So I'm going to go Niang. But things can change. Camp battles can happen. Um, But that's my starting five as of right now. So as you were talking, I was trying to think of who all is in that offensive line room right now. Um, So who all the Chiefs have. I mean, Martinez Rankin is still in there. I know we don't talk about Rankin a whole lot. I mean, rightfully so, because we haven't really seen him play a whole lot. He could realistically play tackle. I don't know if he could play left tackle. I think he's more of a right tackle. The Chiefs have a bunch of right tackles on the roster right now. (laughs) They don't have a left one. Um, I had written down Niang Long Blythe, LDT Rimmers Rankin, uh, Tooney, Prince, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his yeah. last name. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Daryl Williams, Brian Wiseman. Those are their future guys. Those Prince, Daryl, Will, and Wiseman are futures contract guys. Um, and I feel like I'm Allegretti. missing somebody. Allegretti. Yes, that is who I'm missing. 
So that's their that's their offensive line room, which I don't totally hate it. There's, the only thing I don't really like about it, it's a ton of guys for depth. Like yeah. they, they have depth now. They do have depth. That's that's good. They need a starting left tackle, and they need a starting caliber left tackle. It's it's hard to get at this now, right? I mean, we're at the point in the free agency where it's hard to get it. They're gonna have to settle for either uh, Okung, Villanueva, or draft one. And like you mentioned, maybe Eichenberg goes before thirty-one. Maybe Cosme falls all the way down to the Chiefs. Maybe maybe Mayfield falls. I know Mayfield's probably not an exciting pick anymore. He had less than thirty-three inch arms, and we've talked about the arms, uh, this whole arms debate, uh, now arms race, you could say, um, with with tackles. And he's got short arms. So, I, I don't know. Uh, do you remember Brady Christensen's arms off the top of your head? I don't. Um, but I was going to add, man, it's not shaping up for this. Like, the stars are not aligning for this to happen. But I could see where it's the inverse of the 2020 season, where the Chiefs remain healthy along the offensive line all year, but the reason they're rotating guys in and out is because they're all at the same skill level. Like LDT yeah. and Long, they can't figure out what to do there. Niang doesn't turn out so hot. Like their rookie left tackle and whoever they sign can't you can't separate. But like I like this group a lot because I like Tooney. I think he's really good. I like Kyle Long. Um I think Blythe will be a serviceable center. I think Niang's gonna turn out to be a good player just because of all the things I hear about him. Um people bring up his draft stock. COVID, I, I don't care that impacted everybody. He was injured as well. Like that, he is a probably a top sixty talent or so. Like he was a first or second round pick without the injury concerns. Um, so I think Niang is going to turn out to be good, but it never hurts to have depth. But you also need your starting five to be good, or at least mm-hmm. slightly above average, preferably. Like I think as things stand right now, if the Chiefs drafted a Liam Eikenberg, that's a pretty solid offensive line. Like I think across the board, your left side is good. Um, your middle is solid, and your right side has potential to be pretty good. So it's just the element of the unknown. We opened the podcast with yeah. that, and I think it's only fair to close it with it. We, we don't know what's going to happen, but um, it's simultaneously fun and nerve-wracking to think about what the Chiefs could or might do moving forward. Right. I did forget Yassir Durant, too. Ah. That one came into my head. So I think that was the last one that I mentioned. But you're right. There's just a lot that we don't know and we're going to have to wait and see. And I think we, really the conclusion that we came to in this podcast with the Austin Blythe signing that new news coming out, it doesn't close any doors, doesn't mm-hmm. open any new ones either. I think it just leaves the same ones open. And I'm excited for what the offseason has to hold so far. So, Jordan, I appreciate you joining me on today's episode. Got any final thoughts? No, man, I think you uh, kind of summed everything up perfectly. It, it addresses a little bit, but overall the plan probably shouldn't change. I totally agree. So go follow Jordan on Twitter at Footnoted. He'll be back with me tomorrow to, with Connor Christopherson. We're going to be talking about the best of your hashtag RTK mocks. Make sure you go into the NFL Mock Draft Database Simulator, run in your simulations, teaching me how to use the trade simulator, <laughs> and and then screenshotting them, screen capping them, tweeting them at us at Footnoted, at Connor underscore DKC, at Tucker D. Franklin, with the hashtag RTK mock. We will look at those, talk about our best picks from your mock drafts, 
and we'll go from there. It gives us another opportunity to talk about the drafts, a little bit more opportunity to talk about some players that maybe we haven't in, in the past. So really appreciate you guys participating with that. Hopefully you enjoyed the mock draft yesterday, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We really do appreciate you sticking all the way to the end with us. You guys are MVLs for a reason. You guys are the most valuable listeners. Go follow me on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Stay up to date with the show. Go like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get those notifications on so you don't miss a single post. We're posting there every single day, and Jordan and I will actually be live streaming on Saturday. So make sure you get that up. I, I might set that post up a little early so you guys can follow it. I think you it'll give you a notification as well if, if we get that set up on the right time. So Jordan and Connor, like I said, will be back with me tomorrow. So until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Rough and the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Rough and the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter.